What's going on, Chatters? Welcome to another episode of Coaching for Millennials. Today's episode, we're continuing our series, Uncovering Your Strengths, Using Your Talents to Enhance Your Career, Life, and Future. This is session number four, where we're talking about the theme input, and today's guest is Sammy Walker Herrera. I'm so excited to share this episode with you, especially on this theme, because it's my number one, and it's also our guest's number one theme. Let's dive right in. Are you a millennial who's struggling to find more purpose? Do you feel confused when you think about what you're created to do here? Do you waste time on job search engines searching for a better fit? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Well, you don't have to feel that way anymore. Welcome to the Life and Business Coaching for Millennials, a safe space where people from all walks of life can come together to learn, grow, and transform. My name is Jose Miguel Longo, and I'm your host. Life and Business Coaching for Millennials is a place where diversity is celebrated and encouraged, where we can have open, honest conversations about uncovering your purpose in business, feeling more joy in your life, and ultimately finding more happiness and success. I look forward to having meaningful conversations and coaching sessions that will help you explore life, career options, be inspired, fueled, and fulfilled with laughter. It's time to chit chat with Jose Miguel. Let's dive in. Welcome back, Chit Chatters, here for another episode of Life and Coaching for Millennials. I'm here with a special guest today, Sammy Walker Herrera, and she is part of the series Uncovering Your Strengths. And today's session, we'll be talking about input which is her number one theme, but also her favorite. So Sammy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for being part of this series. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, and how you came into Strains Quest, and what are your top five? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the invitation, Jose Muyen. This is really awesome to be able to talk about strengths more than just in, okay, I did the assessment with my job and now my job, now it's in my email signature. So that's great, right? So really actually make it a lot more concrete for folks and really like connect on that further. And so, hey everyone, my name is Sammy Walker Herrera. I am currently living in Gainesville, Florida, but I'm originally from McAllen, Texas. So it's pretty South Texas or so. So I grew up there. I moved to the Pittsburgh area for college and grad school. So in college, I went to Carnegie Mellon and studied psychology and Hispanic studies. And then I got my student affairs and higher education degree from Slippery Rock, about an hour north or so. And so currently, I'm working as a career coach at the University of Florida, but I'm also launching my own career coaching business, uh, Chaos to Choice Coaching, where I support higher education professionals reframing their job search from chaos to choice. I love that. That's such an awesome name. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of folks uh, were on LinkedIn. They were like, we really like that line in your bio. That's pretty cool. And I just like unprompted. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll use that in some way. It's always those golden nuggets that really cause you to have a self-realization and kind of that wake up or epiphany or aha moment, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But also people love alliteration <laughs> and I feel that. So <laughs> <laughs> They do. I think we're creatures of habits when it comes to that. We see words that pop and make them you know, make it sprinkle, make it rainbow and make it fun. And people are like, oh, I love how that sounds. Yeah. And related to strengths as well. The first time I ever took strengths, I was an undergraduate student. I was a sophomore and they had sponsored strengths quest at that time is called strengths quest. I believe now it's called Clifton strengths um, Mm -hmm. for this students in the humanities 
program and it actually fell through because there weren't enough students who signed up, but I still was able to take the assessment. So that was okay. really interesting. I took it the second time in graduate school because it was required for organizational leadership course. And then the third time I took it, again, sponsored, watch out everyone, um, was here as part of my role at the University of Florida because University of Florida is a strengths-based campus. Um, our career center really values knowing the five strengths. We actually have a matrix for everybody. So we see everyone's top five and where they align like compared to other, student, other uh, professionals and paraprofessionals as well as in the four domains, which is really yes. awesome. So the most common strength among our coaches here at the University of Florida Career Connection Center is Relator by like two thirds of us have oh, wow, including myself. Wow. Yeah, it's always interesting. And we'll talk about barriers on our in our strengths and maybe the barriers you identify with input specifically, because mm -hmm. I... I've struggled to, and, and this was early on after taking strain. So I want to jump on first before mm -hmm. I forget. You took it three times. Yeah. It's unheard of. I've heard of people taking it twice. Now, oh. I'm surprised someone didn't stop you after the first or second time to say, no, 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 you should only take it once because really they're intended for you to take once and kind of revisit it when you're prompted to potentially take it again to see what you've discovered about the ones you have and how they're serving you. And okay. the Clifton Strengths Finder, Clifton Strengths Quest, or Clifton Strengths, <laughs> all the names are all the same, mm -hmm. um, is really just a one-time assessment tool. Mm -hmm. What happens for most people is that they find that if they did do take it again, their top five will kind of scramble around and then sometimes their sixth or seventh will creep into five or four. Mm. And so it doesn't happen often, but when people find themselves in, you know, changes that are really critical to their life. So whether it's um, starting a family or getting married or a career change or a loss of a job, and they do assessments like this to reinvigorate their energy and find more power and find their purpose, those strains will shift slightly, but they're always the top five that are the same. And it's the ones where when you took it, you were at your best. You were at mm -hmm. the place where you were focused on it. What are your thoughts on that? Did you find that your top five changed a lot in that process? Or did you see the same top five, maybe one or two changed? Yeah. Well, first off, this is just really fascinating, right? Because a lot of folks have access to Clifton Strengths, right? There's the book, there's the access codes, but so that means you're not always given the uh, the prompt, right, by someone who's specifically trained in Clifton Strengths, right? Yeah. And so that's where even in mine, I didn't take it three times because I I love Buzzfeed quizzes, right? It was because they were assigned <laughs> or because it was sponsored or they that. asked me to, right? So, well, hmm, which teapot am I? Hmm, I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> I in know depth, quite a bit. But um, so undergraduate student, right, probably 18. And then I took it again in graduate school. I was probably 21. And then I took it again recently. So that was last year. So I was 25. So even though maybe that was in the span of what, seven years or so, significant mm -hmm. changes. I know I changed quite a bit as a person through my graduate program. Mm -hmm. And even uh, moving here to Florida after Pittsburgh, that was a big Functional area change, university change, geographic change, 
I had been in a relationship for about five years and I was not in that relationship anymore by then too. So that, that aspect of my identity or the ways See? that I engage with folks changed. So even though, again, you know, I didn't choose the times when I, when I took them, it wasn't kind of, again, like the Buzzfeed choice or the, yeah. my own personal self-assessment choice. They happened to be around times where I was already undergoing quite a bit of change. And so some things I noticed is in both the undergraduate and graduate, my top strength was futuristic for both of them. And futuristic is no longer in my top five. So my top five right now are input, activator, relator, intellection, and adaptability. And the only one that stayed stable between all three of them were relator and undergrad and graduate. Those were actually pretty similar. It was pretty much the same ones. And so as a professional or as a young adult or given the changes in my life, my strengths have come out in a lot different ways since those first two assessments. That's amazing. And I think it's interesting that I said what I said, and it just happens to go really align with what you were experiencing in your life at the time. Mm -hmm. And I also find it fascinating that you identified closely with Reader, Relator during those two instances and changes in your life mm -hmm. that were constant. And I'm such a nerd when it comes to this stuff. I took the, the tool 10 years ago and I got trained as a coach 10 years ago, but I've continued okay. to retrain myself with all the resources that Gallup provides. And I feel terrible for people who go through this journey because I call it a journey mm -hmm. and don't ever set, spend the time to sit with someone or talk to someone that can help them feel more connected to what their strengths are. Because when you find value and purpose in something like this, especially in a sense, an assessment tool that not only just that doesn't impact your career, your life, and your future, but it can impact your relationships that you develop mm -hmm. with people. It can impact how you perceive yourself and the things that you want to set as goal for yourself. And you use that one strength to potentially motivate you. So mm -hmm. I always find it fascinating when I hear from people who, yeah, I took it <laughs> three times. And then people who often find themselves taking it once, but never having it assessed. And then they feel like they connect with them based on mm -hmm. what they've read, but really didn't go deeper into it. So I appreciate you sharing those parts of your life and how you ended up coming to that space that you are now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. today, your input, activator, relator, intellection, and adaptability. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so we're focusing our conversation around the strength of strength slash theme of input. So I want to read the textbook definition of what input says and what input is based on you know, what Clifton Strains tells us. Mm -hmm, that's a good for idea. The, for the listeners who are listening to this conversation later, they're able to connect with A, what does Gallup say? And then B, how do you define it for yourself? How has it changed you? How has it impacted you? What are some barriers you've experienced? And then what are what has been the biggest impact in your life? So we'll dive into that here in a second. Mm -hmm. So input. You're inquisitive. You collect things. You might collect information, words, facts, books, and quotations, or you might collect tangible objects such as butterflies, baseball cards, porcelain dolls, or sepia photos or photography. Mm -hmm. I had to look at the word and I'm like, wait, what does that say? Ye olden the photos. The Spanish <laughs> wanted to come out, to be honest with you, when I, when I was there. <laughs> sepia, what does that mean? <laughs> no sepia, um, right? Yes, yes. So whatever you collect, you collect it because it interests you. And yours, 
And yours is the kind of mind that finds so many things interesting. The world is exciting precisely because it is infinite variety and complexity. If you read a great deal, it is not necessarily refining, it is not necessary to refine your theories, but rather to add more information to your archives. If you like to travel, it is because each new location offers novel artifacts and facts. These can be acquired and then stored away. Why are they worth storing? At the time of storing, it is often hard to say exactly why or what, why or when you use them. With all these possible uses in mind, you really don't feel comfortable throwing anything away. So you keep acquiring and compiling and filing stuff away. It's interesting, it keeps your mind fresh and perhaps one day some of it will, prov will prove valuable. So after hearing that long rant, because I feel like some of these definitions and, you know, we mention all the time that the Strains Finder, Strains Quest has its own language. It pretty much has its own dictionary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the description cannot make sense in some ways. I feel like it's always usually a big run on sentence. I feel like this is the most cohesive one to make out. What do you think about it? What stands out to you? And then tell us how you relate to it or later, how you relate to it all together. Yeah, well, just thinking about the definition overall, I think one thing that's really helpful from Gallup is they don't say input looks like one thing, right? Because even listening to that, I know input is my top strength. I feel very confident with that, but I'm also not a collector of things and that's okay because we can be input in a bunch of different ways, right? Yes. It can be about traveling and collecting things from travel. It can be a person who's sentimental and collects mementos, for example, right? I'm the type of person, I hate buying books. I love books. I love collecting the information. If in grad school, when folks post in our, um, in our little group meet still, after a few years after grad school, they're like, what? What book did this come from? I know exactly which book it came from. I can pull that information immediately, just like from my own memory. Um, but I don't collect like, you know, sepia photos <laughs> or baseball <laughs> cards or things like that. It's never been that much of an interest to me. So I don't like collecting physical things. So that's also one of the reasons I love audiobooks and library subscriptions, because I get to borrow, I get to have some of that information, but I don't have to like keep the stuff. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a minimalist, right? But that would be something that I am interested in is like, how do you pare down some of those things? And so input related to me, the way I understand it is not only are you collecting information, at least in my own experience, it's I have a significant talent in accessing the information that I've learned because I've encoded it to be meaningful specifically. So just like they said, input is about collecting the information that you find interesting. And so if you find a lot of things interesting, you're gonna collect a lot of information, right? So it doesn't have to be domain related to only your career or only your major. Um, for example, I grew up and my, mo my mom's really into astrology. So I can read off, I can just say off a bunch of things I know about astrology. Maybe that's not my specific interest right now, but that's something I just happen to know quite a bit about. There's something related to me growing up that was meaningful to my family, things like that. Um, I remember most of the books that I read, um, a lot of times there will be quotes that stick out to me. I can guess around the pages of where they're at. Like, okay, it was in the start of the, the book, but around here. And I never dog ear books. I think that's a little disrespectful, but that's just my own, my own bias there. I don't <laughs> mark or write in books, but I remember 
what's going on with them. And if I need to, I'll put a sticky note, especially if it's related to like a class or something like that. That's so interesting. So I love that you said, and I'm going to go back to my notes. Yeah. Um, significant talent accessing the information that you find interesting and it can be a, and it can be input in a bunch of different ways i find it fascinating for me when i thought about input going back a decade ago i did not own any of my strengths i wanted to take the assessment again i did not jive with any of them and it took me a good year to really identify and connect to what it really meant and live with the definitions and live with what their terms were and similar to you, well, I think similar but different, I had to adapt because I had such a passion for reading, but I found myself struggling with everything that life gave me that I couldn't mm-hmm. read. And so at the time I was going through grad school and trying to figure out all the things and I just didn't have the time to sit down and read a good book or read something that I found to be interesting. But as technology changed, I found myself bookmarking and collecting a lot mm-hmm. of articles, a lot of magazines. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have literally, <laughs> I'm looking behind me, but I have a bookshelf that has magazines that are fitness, cooking. And then on the other side, I have all my fun books that I love to read. Different from you, I'm all about highlighting. I'm all about writing little <laughs> notes just because there's something about shifting and having the piece of paper in your hands. It's like CDs, right? No one buys CDs anymore. Mm-hmm. I love when I have a favorite artist that comes out with an album, I have to feel it. There's just something about that. And that's some that's for me with some books. There are books that I will say, yep, I can do with just the audible. One of my favorite books I, that I read at the end of 2020, actually, I take that back. It was the beginning of 2020, end of 2019. And I first listened to the audible book because I had to have it. And it's mm-hmm. called Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. And then I, I finally got the book and I felt so connected to it because I was able to actually put my hands on it and make my notes and jot down the things. I love a good how-to book. Me too. Yeah. I can see we have a lot of those similarities. So when we think about this input, what would you say has been the biggest impact having this theme has had in your life? I would say the biggest impact having this theme in my life is just the sense that I have the language around it because I have, I also super collect digital records. Like I have so many email drafts that just have my random ideas in them. And that's one of the weaknesses, at least for me in impact, right? Is that because I'm collecting so much information, that doesn't mean I'm an organizational wizard. Now it's funny because a lot of people consider me a very organized person because I'm very well-spoken and I know how to organize what I'm thinking about and produce that into like writing or produce that into speaking in the moment. But it took me a while to get that information. And it's all kind of like in the the back of my head is like 50 tabs and one of them's playing music. Um, So that's how it is for me at times. And so I would say the biggest impact is that sense of, okay, I can label it and understand it because one of my biggest strengths and not specifically named in Clifton Strengths is if you throw me into a meeting and they're like, we're brainstorming ideas for all these events. I'm like, great. How much time do you have? Because I will just go until you tell me to stop. And so another weakness potentially is that folks find me really intense based on the amount of information I have about various topics. That's so fascinating because I feel mm-hmm. like we're, we're literally like succinct right now. 
What's really interesting is that I think back to my childhood and my my adolescence, and I was called a know-it-all for a, about a huge period of my life because I was so fascinated by the idea of collecting ideas. And I always kept a notebook. I was really fascinated about I journaling. I collect quotes. I have the Keep app on my phone. And so like, as we've evolved with technology, as we've evolved in life as millennials and the things that we do, mm-hmm. I think we've identified ways that we've made it more acceptable for us to accept our nuances that people thought were jerks or weird or different. And we've embraced it to become the best things that we provide to everybody else. I so resonate with that. In elementary school, I was called smarty pants. One of my boyfriend's family members in high school called me the human dictionary or the walking (laughs) dictionary. Um, There have just been so many times that like my intelligence or my ability to produce information, like in the sense of like access it and then like share it out with folks has been critiqued. And I think for a while, right, that became a big part of my personality. It was like, okay, being super smart, doing this, blah, blah, blah. And I think I was able to distance myself from that a little bit going into like a really rigorous international baccalaureate high school, and then going to a top 25 uh, university in the world. And I was able to kind of be free from uh, and allow my personality to be a bunch of other things rather than that whole know-it-all sense. Yeah, I gave you more of the freedom of taking out some of the limiting beliefs that may have showed up for you from your adolescence to then realize that your knowledge is power, not to sound cliche, but it, you know, it ultimately has empowered you to be the best version of yourself. And when we mm-hmm. talk about strengths, that's essentially what they are. It is achieving the best near perfect human potential of the version of ourselves that gives us the most energy. Yeah. And that my knowledge is power, but my knowledge isn't the only thing about me that's valuable. I love that. Is there anything that you've learned about yourself in this journey now, having taken it three times in a span Mm -hmm. of seven years, you know, you picked one that didn't come up the prior two times to be your favorite one. What exactly does that mean to you? One thing that it means to me is growth. And I have to give a little bit of background for that. So as I mentioned, in my undergraduate and graduate Clifton Strengths assessments, futuristic was my top, was my top strength. And actually input never came up in either of those assessments. Now, when I did these assessments, they were always the limited version. So I never, I've never had access to like all 30 of my strengths. So I, maybe it was six or seven the whole time, right? But I I don't know that. So I'm not going to say it was. I, for me, and this is, again, my experience, futuristic for me as like my top strength was actually a trauma response. And mm-hmm. so experiencing a lot of mental health struggles, experiencing challenges in college, challenges in family and relationships, futuristic and focusing on the future so much allowed me to ignore the here and now and think of a future that would be better than that time. And so recognizing that futuristic is not even in my top five anymore, that doesn't mean that it's not a strength in different ways, but I was using it so much that it was distracting me from kind of like living my life more day by day by recognizing like the day by day gratitude. And so even having input specifically, again, 
the definition really helps me, the description, it helps me explain myself to some other people, right? Like, because being, uh, being able to produce a lot of knowledge is not the only intense thing about me, but it's definitely one of the strongest ones. But I feel that that growth of not having futuristic in the top five anymore shows that I'm really here. And my strengths are a lot more about what do I give right now? And what do I give today? And I still have a big picture future orientation. I definitely say I look a little bit more to the future than I do the past just in general. So futuristic versus context, right? But having input there to say, this is who you are and how you act now versus like futuristic, which shows that growth in how I perceive myself and how I've been able to navigate that trauma in the past seven years. That's so powerful. And I think about what you just shared, I think your activator is where your futuristic has now shifted Hmm. because there's something about the activator theme that allows people to be in different spaces and different times and different periods of their life. And to be able to have that shift to turn a switch on, to do what needs to be done, to identify what the goal and the objective is and whether it's to look ahead because maybe you need to look three, four, months ahead, six, seven, nine months ahead, year, two years ahead, you're able to do that successfully, but also do it in a space and in a time that ultimately is giving you the best joy, the best feeling of, you said it, you arrived. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's an indicator of some regulation in some senses, like being able to buckle down, focus and have discipline in that moment, even if focus and discipline aren't they're probably in my like bottom five, but whatever. <laughs> so when you, so I, this question is one of the questions I love to ask, but I think it's a hard question to ask you because you've taken it so many times. When you took the assessment, mm-hmm. I guess, let me see the last, the most recent time. And I think I know the answer. What theme were you surprised to not see when taking it? Theme I was surprised not to see when taking it. Well, of course, futuristic naturally. I was like, because, oh, wow, that wasn't in there compared to the other two times. But let me think of another one as well. I wasn't surprised that Relator was there all three times because I am definitely more of the one-on-one relationship type Mm -hmm. of person. I'm also the type of person, and this is a little bit chaotic about me. I will have friends from all different parts of my life, and I love bringing them all into the same room. So many other people hate that. They're like, I need to separate this. And I'm like, no, you know, my elementary friends, you know, my college friends, you know, my like yoga friends, like this is happening. We all have one shared commonality and it's me. That's your um, input though, right there. You're collecting <laughs> all the things that come from your fa- from your friends and your family that you're bringing together. Hmm. I never thought about it that way. Cause it's funny input often is so much more about, it can easily be more framed about the information than it is about like relational aspects, right? Like Input can be framed more like thinking versus feeling, but why do we collect these things? Because we have strong feelings toward them. There's So there's three things that come to play. It's behavior, it's belief, and then it's, it's um, emotions, your mm-hmm. feelings. And the thing I'll say about that is that, you're, so when you, when you need them, right, your friends, when you need them, you bring them together because that's when you need the value from them. And when you think about the input, it's mm-hmm. what is it that you're, connect, you're collecting to bring you value in your life for when you need it the most, or it's for maybe pairing them together to get them to know each other and be in the same space. It could be defined so many ways, but that's totally input right there. 
Yeah. And no, I that makes a lot of sense. That brings in the relator as well. And then the activator for you with that particular, I, this is what I love to do when I talk to people about it. Cause I love to pinpoint like, how do they, cause my, my objective with this whole podcast is to bring more awareness to strains so that people who may be lost in their journey, whether you're a millennial or a non-millennial, you're able to connect to how do you redefine yourself with using your strengths. Let's uncover them. Let's figure out what they are, but then let's tie them to the facets of your life that you know about yourself. And then let's set some goals for you that you can use. So having these conversations where we're able to talk about whether it's all five and then focusing some time on the one that matters the most to you, but look mm-hmm. how we just connected three of them to just your top one. Mm-hmm. It's it just so, it gives me goosebumps, but I think it's also so powerful. Yeah. What are some what are some words of inspiration or or things you might like to share about Strains Finder or um, your top five or input so that people can hear about? Related to Strengths Finder, I think it's important to remember exactly what strength means. So the thing that we flex and practice and build up the most, which can still be very helpful and positive or can be harmful, right? So thinking about how do we overuse things, how do we underutilize certain things, and just not worrying about the other 25, right? Or actually, strength. I think Clifton has 34, so 34, whatever, 34, yeah. 29. Um, not worrying about the other 29, just like thinking about your matrix there, I think is really helpful. Um, related to my top five, I think one thing that I didn't mention a little bit earlier, but that surprised me is I've never gotten learner. But I was talking to a colleague of mine, actually someone I met through ACPA 21 this year, and he has learner and I have intellection and he sees them as like cousins. And so intellection is like the super depth into topics and learner is kind of more of the the breadth and surface level knowledge. So I was like, okay, that makes more sense to me because I definitely love to dive deep into topics rather than kind of like hit the surface. And so I think it surprises some folks. They're like, how do you know so much about so much about a lot of stuff. I'm like, I have a lot of time. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think just to kind of cross-reference a little bit deeper, and I love that you mentioned that about the learner and the the intellection, because I'm a learner and I find myself, I like to be that person that brings the brainstorming. And you just talked about that same idea with the input when you're Mm -hmm. in a room and you're doing the brainstorming. My achiever always wants to get it done. So I always say, let's get shit done. Let's get it moving. But I'm also the person that when it comes to actually doing the project, I love to delegate the shit out of things. And so for me, it's like, okay, how soon? Tell me your timeline. What do you need from me? How can I help you? And let's get it done. Whereas I don't physically want to be that place. And when you think about research and you think about the space where a learner is wanting to learn, but for sharing, right? Whereas an intellect wants to take it all the way and maybe even find their own ideas from what they've identified to then mm-hmm. possibly create their own and then then share it to the world. Yeah, no, intellection definitely does not work well with delegation. <laughs> and I would admit that is definitely not one of my strengths whatsoever. Um, and so, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense, that sense of like, how do they all combine, right? We can't just see them as an individualized, right? My input is way different than your input, not only because we're different people, but because of our different strengths associated as well, right? Some, if you have input, but then all the rest are your relational 
or Vive Input and all the rest of minor strategic thinking, it's just gonna be so different. Yeah, and I think where the domain it lives, you ultimately also have to think about how, how are you using your other themes, your other strengths throughout the whole domain, right? I haven't mm-hmm. really talked a lot about the domain in the whole series, but okay. I mentioned it in an episode I did a few weeks ago that kind of launched the idea about the series and I alluded to what it was. I definitely have to jump, jump in and do an episode just on the domains um, mm-hmm. because I've been talking about them and I think it will help people kind of understand where they live. But it goes back to how everyone can see their domains, understand how to be a collaborator, understand how to be a team player, understand how to be a leader and how to bring those all to fruition. I'm a firm believer that when you see the domain and you look at your strengths, you can then instinctively take action and look at the things that will cause you to take action. One last question. So actually Mm -hmm. two more questions. The question is, I like to always ask, what are some action leading things that you would suggest for anybody who is listening to this conversation and maybe hasn't taken it, but has an idea that they might be input based on the conversation, what are some action things you you would suggest? Because Clifton um, has some, but I always like to hear from the people who we're having conversations about. Hmm, action things for folks who are input. Honestly, one of the first things I think about is taking time to figure out what your organizational style is. Because if you're gonna be collecting this information mentally, digitally, physically, like physical materials, emotionally, for example, what is the best way to organize that? So you can still use that strength, but you're using it in a more regulated, balanced way. Because as I mentioned, it's very easy to use a strength in a very unbalanced, not healthy way, for sure. And that's definitely something I want to work on, right? That digital clutter is just such a huge topic right now. Um, You know, Marie Kondo for digital clutter, right? Thinking about (laughs) all the tabs we have open, all the bookmarks we have, all the saved links. Sometimes we feel so free after our computer crashes and a hundred tabs went away and we're like, I'm not reopening those hundred tabs. I, so there's a quick, because <laughs> I'm guilty. I have three windows <laughs> and every window has a cluster. I have three browsers. There's at least 15 or 20 tabs in each browser. And I'm, I'm, it's just my organized chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Similar to your, um, your chaos to choice. Um, it's just <laughs> my organized chaos, right? But I think that um, your, your idea of organization is, is all about the balance, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that has come up in every conversation and you, we didn't say it specifically, but you mentioned it was wellness and well-being, mm-hmm. right? You talked about your, your experience with mental health and you know depression and going through that process. And you used your theme of what the, that was giving to you to shift out of it. And it caused you to be in a space where you're here and you're mm-hmm. present. So that's always... So eye-opening. And I and I'm I'm so grateful that Gallup is now shifting to that. They have a whole new book that's coming out just okay. on the process of well-being and um, mindfulness that is specific to how do we lead in the culture in the workplace, but also what do we do with it. Um, so I'm really excited to get my hands on that book soon. Last question. So where can people find you? Where can people look for Sammy and where does Sammy live and what's going on? What does she do? Mm-hmm. Well, Sammy's P.O. Box was your favorite vegan chocolate brand. Yep. <laughs> uh, so different places you can find me. 
Um, definitely on LinkedIn. You can find me. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, regular posting, regular connecting with folks. And so just for a lot of folks in higher education, student affairs, anyone, it's okay to add people you don't actually yet know on LinkedIn. If you have the intention of building a relationship, starting conversations, connecting and collaborating, right? So that's yes. totally fine. So um, if any of y'all are like, I need permission, I'm going to give you that permission. You can also find me on my website, which is sammywalker.com, S-A-M-M-I-E-W-A-L-K-E-R. So fancy Sammy spelling. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. And so uh, I know uh, Jose Miguel is going to include some of those links as well. And sure as I'm launching my own career coaching business, I will have different social media. I'll have other um, opportunities to connect related to that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today on this awesome topic. I had so much time, so much fun vibing with you about input because input for me, it is my number one. And I've just learned so much more about other people who have this strength and how they use it. So it helps me understand others as well. And I really appreciate it. And I can't wait for this episode to be released. Um, and I'm looking forward to partnering in collaboration as a career coach, because I'm here for that. Yeah, no, this is really exciting. Definitely like that kind of same mind, but different style is really helpful. That same sense of like, okay, let's, let's jam with this. Let's do an idea session. Let's throw out all the information and know that we both can handle it is super awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much and have a great day for you and as well for the listeners. You too. Hey, Chit Chatter, before you go, if you love this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I read every single one of them. It would mean the world to me. And if you love some free coaching, go ahead, like, subscribe, and in the review, leave us a comment. Go ahead and screenshot it and then post it on over on Instagram stories and tag me at Jose Miguel Longo. Thank you so much for listening. All my love. And I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.